God before us, God beside us, God behind us, God above us. He also now between us, a bridge through which your truth may move. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a fox in the hen house. <laughs> Not so much a fox as a raccoon. I don't know if y'all heard me talk about this before, but um, we have chickens in my home, in my house. We have three. There used to be four. One of them was unfortunately killed by what we, my wife says is an owl, and I say was our oldest dog. <laughs> we have foster cared all kinds of animals through our time. Uh, we have had chipmunks and dogs and cats and a lamb and a fawn and all kinds of stuff. Well, now we have chickens, and this kind of came about. We went to visit some people, some friends of ours that live in the middle of Atlanta, um, kind of on the going towards the urban area in Buckhead. And this person's an architect, and she had designed this chicken coop. And so Mary decided, why not us, right? So we built this chicken coop according to these plans, and then we have these chickens, and it's not just a coop, right? It is protected like Fort Knox. There's steel mesh that goes underneath the entire thing, and around the entire perimeter, including a tunnel above ground that leads into an area that is as large as a McDonald's play area, <laughs> so that the chickens can play, right? I guess this produces better eggs. It tastes better when they're happy and can frolic in an enclosure. Um, and she is, now Mary took electrical wire and went around the entire perimeter of everything with electrical wire. So these chickens are protected. They don't get to come outside very much because, you know, they could get, another one could be picked off. But, uh, but they do get to play in their area. So the other day, last week, Mary comes running in out of breath and she's like, I'm a, I'm a, I said, what's going on? I thought something happened to one of the children. What's going on? A raccoon has gotten into the chicken coop or almost gotten into the chicken coop. So a raccoon which I, we double lock all the doors because a raccoon has the dexterity to actually undo a lock, but can't undo two locks. Who'd have known, right? Until you have chickens. So we have everything double locked, but a raccoon has clearly found a breach in our system where he could pull the wire a little bit up and over and then kind of start burrowing in and pulling at the steel mesh to get in there to wreak havoc, I'm sure, on all of our chickens. So Mary is all, for lack of a better word, freaked out, literally, um, and doesn't know what to do. So the chickens stay in the coop area for at least a week, or certainly five or six days. Couldn't come out, couldn't do what chickens do, um, because of the fear that something might get them. Something might try to kill one of these chickens. And so finally, the other day, she comes out with a shovel, a couple of other tools, and a whole thing of, of wire. And she says, I, this will never happen again, right? I'm scrolling over here, over my dead body, as God is my witness. <laughs> and she then put more wire around everything, so now the chickens can come out and play. So what on earth does that have to do 
with today's gospel. And what does that have to do with us? Well, unlike the chickens at the Coleman house, Jesus would not be intimidated or was not fearful of the fox that got into the hen house that was today's gospel. And literally, we have fox and hens in today's gospel. That's part of why I thought about this. We are in Luke's gospel. Jesus um, is approached by some Pharisees, and they have been sent by Herod. Herod is clearly paranoid. Herod is bloodthirsty. Herod is a dictatorial ruler who likely sends the Pharisees, go and tell Jesus. And so they go to tell Jesus, Herod is out to kill you. You need to get out of here, basically. You should be fearful. Now, if someone were to tell me that the leader of the land were out to kill me, were out to get me, I would do what I often do when I am told such news, although that's never really been told to me, but news that doesn't even compare to that. I hunker down in fear and anxiety. I get into it. But Jesus would have none of that. Jesus did not do what I'm sure they were prepared wanting him to do, which is firing a shot across the bow. Just tell the guy to get out of here. You know, and I won't have to deal with him. No, I'm just to go. Jesus said, you go tell that fox. You go tell Herod that I will be about my business. I have to cure people. I have to heal. I have to do the work of salvation until I get to Jerusalem. And yeah, Jerusalem, that city of the prophets that kills people, may kill me, but I will not be deterred. You go tell him that. Jesus was about the mission and the ministry of healing. And it wouldn't stop in Jerusalem, right? Even after he was given over to crucifixion and death, that healing continued through the church that he gathered around him. That healing of reconciliation. That healing that was relationship. Jesus didn't give in to anxiety. Didn't give in to it. You go tell that. So here we are, second Sunday of Lent, called, as Paul tells us in today's epistle, to imitate Christ, to be imitators. We walk into the wilderness with Jesus to imitate him. So how do we go about business of healing? How do we join Jesus in that ministry? Because Jesus had given the disciples that ministry earlier in Luke's gospel, the, the ministry to heal. So how do we go about being agents of healing in our daily life and work? Where we are, with our spouses, with our children, with those in our workplaces, with our communities. Because make no mistake about Jesus. This wasn't just a ministry that he would go from house to house or from person to person. That wouldn't intimidate Herod. This was a ministry of reconciliation for all people. This was a ministry that had political ramifications for the whole kingdom. For there was another kingdom being born that threatened Herod. And that's what made him want to kill Jesus. And you'll make no mistake, there is a fox loose in the hen house of the kingdom of God. There are people that want you to do nothing. That want you to hunker down in fear of what could be. 
and to not go about the ministry of healing in the world. And let me tell you how this might work. I remember this in college when I was sitting at a table. And um, I didn't do this all the time. Half the time I was joining in. So I'm not trying to say I'm, you know, oh, I was trying to stop it. Because eight times out of ten, I wouldn't have it, right? But I was sitting there, and people started, you know how it goes, oh, you know so-and-so? And you could tell where it was going, right? The character assassination, it starts at lunch. And this was a friend of mine. And I said, you know, I really don't think that she's that way. You know, I, I know her. And, I, and what do you think happened? Oh, well, who, who crowned you, Mother Teresa? Well, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? You know, don't come off with that. Basically, sit down and shut up. It happens as innocently as that. In a random lunch, on a random Tuesday, where you are in your life. That is the fox in the headhouse. That is the world trying to tell you, be fearful, don't speak out, don't speak up, do not lash out in love, lash out in anger and in fear. So what are you doing and what am I doing to bring about the healing of Jesus right where I am? And I can tell you on a lot of days, at least for me, it isn't much. Because I give in to the anxiety of the world that is around me. So how do we do it? How are we instruments of healing in the world? There is a, an integrative medicinal leader. She, she wrote a book about food and how it impacts the body. Um, her name is Rachel Naomi Raymond. And she quoted an a, a anthropologist by the name of Angelus Arian who said that the keys to healing, and I just wanted to write this down. This is so awesome. Show up. Pay attention. Tell the truth. And don't be afraid or don't be attached to the results. How many times have you not wanted to show up? Just show up. That's half of life. Just show up at the table. Pay attention to what's going on. I don't think she's that way. I don't think that's right. Call it out. Or how many times have you not wanted to go over to a friend's house when they've had the death of a loved one because you don't know what to say? I don't know what to say. I'll just send a note. Because you're so afraid you'll say the wrong thing or you won't say anything at all. Don't be afraid of the results. Show up. Tell the truth. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I am just as lost as you are, but I love you. And I am here for you. Show up. Pay attention. Tell the truth. And don't be attached to the results. We can all do that in our everyday life. In everything that we do. In everything that we are. With our children, we can tell them, just show up. Show up as a child of God where you are. At work, show up. Pay attention to what's going on because likely there is a place where you can speak out and show up. And don't be afraid of the results. Don't be afraid you'll say the wrong thing or that you'll say nothing at all because Jesus doesn't call us to be perfect. Jesus calls us to be faithful. And walking the way of Jesus 
is faithful. Even if you fall on your face. Even if at times you are crucified. Because I guarantee you when you speak out in truth to the principalities and the powers that exist in this world, you will be. In one way or another. Figuratively, it may mean the death of a friendship. It may mean the death of a place where you enjoy being in life. But we are called to small and large deaths every single day. And it's often through that death, through that suffering, through that sorrow, that we are good for something in the world. That we can speak to somebody else that's going through the same thing. You are an agent of healing. You, where you are. As I once heard it said, Richard Rohr said, hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. And when you remember that, you can empathize with somebody that is going about destructive behavior in the world. Instead of telling them to speak to the hand or destroying them, you can walk beside them and with them knowing what is it that's hurting this person? Why are they acting the way that they are? How can I understand? How can I empathize? How can I not agree with them, but understand their being? And that's the level that Jesus calls us to relate to people. Antonin Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they agreed with each other about 7% of the time on the court. That's almost an enemy, isn't it? 7% of the time. I agree... I probably agree with the greatest dictator in the world 7% of the time. Breakfast is good, tie your shoes, you know, all those kind of things. 7%. And yet they were best buddies. She said when she first heard him talk that she didn't agree with a single thing he said, but she loved the way he said it and the character with which he said it and lived his life. They celebrated every New Year's Eve together. They went to India together and rode an elephant together. I want a picture of that. Right? <laughs> yeah. You don't have to agree with somebody to understand who they are. And to relationally be their friend, to be with them. And that, my friends, is healing. That is healing in our world. It is healing to our children. It is healing to the principalities and the powers. And that changes life. And be careful, because eventually you'll become what you imitate. You'll become what you're around. Remember, I told you we foster care to Lamb. We called him Lincoln, because his name was Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yes, I know. That's what I live with, right, every day. Um, so Lincoln was sent out to a farm. Because you have to care for a lamb like you care for a baby. Like every four hours you're waking up and feeding this lamb. And Mary just was haggard. It was like we had a newborn in the house. So we sent him out to a farm where he lives. And there are no other lambs, but there are goats. And so we went out there to visit Lincoln. And Lincoln began to, he started acting like a goat. <laughs> you know, he was eating what goats eat and kind of acting like a goat and doing things that goats do. And they said, well, Lincoln thinks he's a goat because he was hanging out with goats. <laughs> my friends, if you hang out with, for lack of a better word, haters and those who want to destroy a relationship in the world, you will become just like that. You will become the fox in the proverbial hen house. 
And lest you be scared, lest you be afraid. Remember this. Chickens united together can do mighty things. Did y'all read about the chickens in France two days ago? A fox literally got into the hen house. And instead of wreaking havoc, that they, like they will often do, the chickens, there must have been a lot of them, because they attacked the fox and they pecked him to death. They killed him. And we too can kill the malice that exists in this world if we remember who we are. The reading from Genesis is very powerful. Count the stars. That is my promise to you, Abraham. And it is God's promise to every single one of us. When God made that promise, he split an animal in half. It was a Suceran um, covenant, right? It was of a greater king and a lesser king. And they would usually have the lesser king walk through the animal. Because what that was symbolically is if you broke the covenant that you made, that would happen to you. But notice who walks through the animal. It's not Abraham. It's God. I will die for you. Because I live for you. And I live for this promise. And on this promise, you can stand. Because even death will not stop it. And even death will not stop you. To live out the promises and the covenant of God. We are invited to turn our face to that city of peace. Jerusalem. And we are called, each and every one of us, to be healers. Right where we are. From today's psalm, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? O tarry and await the Lord's pleasure. Be strong and he shall comfort your heart. Wait patiently for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.